welcome to Don't Be All Like Uncool, a way to deep dive into the shallowest people on the planet. My name is Julia, and I'm here with just Alex today. Hello, Alex. The other musketeer, as you called me. Well, now the other other musketeer isn't here. Elizabeth is gone. And so as we keep delaying our 100th episode celebration, welcome to episode that I have warmly numbered 99.99. So here we are. You've become like the host of the show. I truly We're have. We're guest at this point. No one asked for it. I certainly <laughs> didn't want it. You're going to probably have to do a solo episode at some point. <laughs> I have a tagline this week. You can blacken my eye, but not my reputation. Wow. Alex, have you seen... <laughs> The Salt Lake City season trailer. I have not. Well, Heather has a black eye. But I did hear about that. And it is a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> She's implying that one of her fellow cast members maybe did it, is what I'm hearing. I'm hoping so. Who would have done it? Maybe um, Shaw, because she has like nothing to lose. And Alex, what is your tagline? Aspen is where I'm gasping for air. <laughs> I like it. Is that because of like the elevation or is that because these women are like drowning you in their misery i need to take a breather from this show this episode was rough and we could start with beverly hills just to get it out of the way so beverly hills first off diana in a crazy turn of events has won me over the tiniest bit (laughs) i know okay (laughs) is it because she hires ghostbusters to go along with her decorators and organizers and feng shuiers and Mm. then i was thinking like what we truly want in these women is like an absurd amount of money stupid money never Mm -hmm. have we had stupider money than Diana, who claims she doesn't even believe in the Ghostbusters, like what their package is. She doesn't buy what they're selling, yet she buys it. Right. I think it's just she thinks it's good to be prepared, which clearly she is because a Ouija board was brought out this episode. So maybe she like has some sort of spiritual connection. I didn't even think about that. They didn't go to Kyle's house, though, just the hotel. (gasps) There could be ghosts. The ghost mm-hmm. forgot to take off the Christmas lights. Yeah, what was up with She was so upset about that. This is a problem I have with Kyle, and I don't know if it's an act or if this just is Kyle, but I really think she's trying so hard to present herself as like the everyman and the relatable one. But yeah. Aspen is the part-time homestead of the 1%. 1% oxygen. then you take the private plane here we know that she has the la quinta house you know that she has her home with a tiny matching dog home in the back which was wild when she and mauricio were playing putt putt golf oh yeah she has a golf course also in her yard yeah and yet when we travel with kyle we still have to do honeydews we still have to not have a personal chef so she and Mauricio can pretend like they're hosting just like the everyman. Yeah, we have to knock Kathy for being high maintenance, for asking for silverware. Yeah, when clearly Kathy's used to service that comes with the level of wealth these people have. 
Like, mm-hmm. why are we playing this game? And I think it was shown so perfectly by our lovely editors, the contrast between the Aspen house, which was amazing, and Kyle's house, where everyone's having to, like, help pitch and move the tarp so Kathy won't see it. Yeah. Well, she is, um, she's good at acting, as mm-hmm. I said, after having seen Halloween Kyle's. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she'll be good in, hmm, I'm trying to think of a name for the next one. So the next one's Halloween Ends, hmm, Halloween Split Ends? Does that work? <laughs> Halloween Ends Too Soon, Kyle's Bangs. <laughs> I think that um, if she, like, because spoiler alert, she obviously doesn't die in this last one. If she mm-hmm. dies in this new one, the internet is going, Bravo fans are going to go nuts. Mm-hmm. They're going to, like, make that the meme of all memes. Yes. But I agree. She's, um, I think it's an act. Yeah, it was something that she did to keep her grounded and was, like, doing this all the time. Like, they show Kathy biting into the corn and say this isn't cooked. True. She would have remembered to put napkins on the table had she yeah. done this more often. Okay, so you think her inexperience is outing her. I think she outs herself so much as a phony as like a bad friend or whatever you want to call her so often that it's still it's so nuts to me that like none of the cast members will ever call her out on it what Mm -hmm. she was doing in this episode specifically with the ouija board is insane insane that no one called her out on that they did in their testimonials they were like making well they always do they always do that this cast is so good at that at having the best hindsight of any housewife because you like Dorit's the one who was like that's knocking up on Sutton and then when it's like happening um it cuts to her talking head being like this is exactly what I didn't want to happen and then cut to her in the moment and she's like pointing at Sutton making like weird little faces being like oh yes Sutton (laughs) so it's (laughs) they all do that I will give them all props except for Erica for like being stunned silent by Diana calling Sutton the bad word. I think for this cast, that's a, a good reaction. Well, Erica, like, cackling. Oh, man. Hey, hey, hey. So on Erica, she won one of her mini lawsuits this week. Did you see? Which one? The one that came in 2020. It's one of Tom's former colleagues sued her for like aiding and abetting Tom and for being like a Mm co-conspirator and the judge Mm -hmm. ruled that there was no evidence that she was a co-conspirator and Mm -hmm. so she's using this as being like see I'm innocent of all charges and when I read this I was honestly kind of sad because she clearly shows no remorse for the victim. So we don't have to worry about that. But if she mm-hmm. was a evil mastermind who ran a Ponzi scheme with her husband successfully for several years, it would give her more of a personality than whatever we've got going on here. Yeah. Like I needed her to be more of a Jen Shaw to keep me liking her. And I know that's bad, but she is a horrible no, person because it. of her lack of remorse. It's more interesting if she's like, if she is a co-conspirator mm-hmm. and she does like shit on the victims, that's more interesting if she's just full on evil. But instead, it might be more likely, maybe mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point in time, that she truly is like so, she feels so like targeted and she does feel like a victim if she is innocent in this. 
So like, yeah, why would she give a shit about the victims, the other mm-hmm. victims? And those victims are being used as another tool against her. Yeah, that's less interesting. That's just, that's just more sad. I know. I wanted her an <laughs> evil mastermind. She still could be. So we think that the reason Kyle keeps bringing up the unfollowing thing is because she's still so traumatized by Garcelle unfollowing her, right? <laughs> yes, totally. That seems to be a traumatic moment of her life. Oh, what a life she must lead. Um... <laughs> I don't think Garcelle unfollowing people is petty. She has to interact with these people. It's her job to interact with the cast Mm -hmm. that the producers put forth. And I feel like following and unfollowing them is the power she has to show, Mm -hmm. like, where she stands. But when Sutton does it, mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) mm-mm. We almost, uh, we got a little Will Smith shout out this episode. And I was trying to, like, remember what the timeline, where are they right now in, like, time? Because I want to hear... Garcelle and Cherie's reaction to the Will Smith slap so bad. Okay, Kyle's birthday is on January 11th. So we're towards okay. the end of January right now. Maybe maybe we'll get them talking about their ex and his infamous Oscars yes. moment. No, the Ouija board said W. It was actually predicting <laughs> Will Smith's slap. <laughs> the W's big L. So we got some Kathy, and it was great. She committed a crime beyond crimes, though. She wore a gray... Outing herself as a pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, a liar, a thief, and a pedophile. Oh, my. But her... And what you were about to say, what was she wearing that is a crime? For a woman who has so much money, she was wearing a gray camo t-shirt with Mm. a cheetah print skirt and... It was truly jarring. The only thing I could think is that she had a hard time dressing in the bottom bunk. Like it was hard to like figure mm-hmm. out what she could shimmy in such a small space. She got Luand. Kyle Luander. She did. By claiming that was the comfiest bed. I'm like, if you're going to sit up and hurt your head, there is no way that's the comfiest bed. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I like the worst lighting in that room too. That just looked so, such a bummer. All right, should we move on to... Yeah, now that we got that out the way. Yeah, Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Notice that wasn't the full Southern charm. Mm-hmm. It's just a mm-hmm. All right, I have a new game I'd like to play with Atlanta. And it's, was Kenya this episode in crude mood or prude mood? Julia, what do you think? Because you know how I say she is famously the crude prude. She can go either way. She was definitely crude mood. And I love this Mm -hmm. game. And that was because she just wanted to see every single male model in that he by Sheree dick outline pant. She can't wait to get her hands on those pants. Will Sheree (laughs) deliver? Probably not. Probably not. It's looking Bleak. Now, how much are we going to blame this on um, Rawin, the woman helping out Sheree, who Kenya immediately antagonizes, which was very funny? The way you said it, helping out Sheree, I think is key. I do not yeah, know right. if this is a paid person. The more and more we mm-hmm. get to know Sheree, the less and less I think she pays the fact that we had the whole assistant pay drama with Drew, and then Drew shows her an itemized birthday party bill, and Sheree announces she will not be paying half of this. 
Yeah. The fact that she doesn't know what, like, the budget for the models are makes it sound like she was just, like, getting people for free to model. And the fact that her assistant didn't put her in Kenya's name. Kenya was even like, why didn't you use us to get people to show up for this model? It was kind of like, it, it makes it feel like it's a volunteer gig. Like, she's going to put effort forth to get on camera, but there's no way she's going to go all out this person helping Sheree because she doesn't actually want to do that much work. And you know that Sheree's like, you're going to get so much exposure. It's on the Real Houses of Atlanta. Everyone knows she by Sheree. I just think it's really weird that you know that you're going to be highlighting your company on this show. Mm -hmm. And yet you refuse to have like these women be like to help you out at any of like the initial stages of it. Like what Kenny was talking about, like, why didn't you use us for this? Like, obviously that would have been such a big boom to the, it's like weird. It's like. Yeah. You have Candy and Kenya who are championing you, who would love to take over. Candy's worldwide. Yes. And at Kenya and Marlo's birthday party, Candy the fatigue on her face that this was going to be another she failure mm -hmm. she was just exhausted by it and just so disappointed and kenya still believes sheree can maybe pull a rabbit out of a hat because she keeps yelling at her you are going to fail again this is horrible making me think that she's trying to do anything in her power to like boost sheree up I was at first annoyed at a field trip we took with Sheree a few weeks ago where we went into an Atlanta fabric shop. And I was like, there's no way this is real. The fabric would have had to have been purchased like forever ago. It's already in production. I'm worried mm -hmm. that that fabric shop actually did supply the fabric and then got shipped to Alaska. Mm -hmm. And it's just sitting Totally there. actually happened. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's no way if we went on the fabric field trip three weeks ago that we're actually going to see something in this fashion I think it's show. easy to accidentally spell Alaska instead of Atlanta. They share similar <laughs> They do letters. start with an A. With an A. This one is and, state, and an another is a city. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That, that is a thing. <laughs> I also think it's funny that, um, again, she doesn't include any of the housewives to help her out. And then at the very end of the episode, she turns to... Apollo, uh, one of the faces of this show, mm -hmm. to be one of her models. I don't know. I just think the way, the way that she's like keeping the other women out of this, while also like knowing they're going to be a big part eventually within the show, it's bizarre to me. I can't make heads or tails. And she threw so much shade at Kenya, denying her walk in the runway, and yet she's like soliciting Apollo and any five foot six beautiful woman but five foot six lady that will stand outside a wedding dress shop or shorter she must just be super super stubborn also this Apollo meeting was basically her pretending that she was working but she really just wanted to talk about Tyrone when she's like I will be up for the next week every hour of every day working but i'm also gonna go talk about tyrone to apollo and like do a little shout out to phaedra i julia you found it it's that her like social crutch is being busy is having this thing she's working on like yes. that is like her window into like talking to people into hanging out with people like at the marlo kenya party that she set up 
She's talking about how busy she is, how she can't, she hasn't slept. Like, that's all she's doing. I think that that is just like, I know people like this who aren't doing anything, but like have this thing that's going to be a failure that they're trying to do that ends up being like their conversational, like crutch, like in every situation. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. Alex, that's it. When people say, what are you up to? She goes, well, I'm still working on She by Sheree. Things are going great. We're going to have a fashion mm-hmm. show. Wait, presentation. In mere mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. Could not be funnier that she was able to come up with the little mini garments inside the invitation. And if uh-huh. what we know of, that we learned at the fabric shop and just her style... The little mini garments did not reflect what She by Sheree stands for as a brand at all. They were not athleisure. There was no jogger. They were like Mm -hmm. little 1980s Barbie clothes, as Candy called them. The most tangible thing she has to show for this. (laughs) It reminded me of Zoolander, like, what is this, a school for ants? Candy's like, what is this, a fashion show whole, for Barbies? It needs to be at least three times bigger. Her whole line will yeah. just be those little, like, plastic dresses. <laughs> uh, oh, one last thing is, uh, I don't believe for a second that when Michael returned to Marlowe's place, he told her, actually, this is good. We needed the structure. Oh, yes. There's no doubt in my mind that did not happen. They do seem thrilled to be back. Well, yeah, because they're structureless again. Free from Marlo's poor, suffering nurse sister who had to watch them for a month. Well, she just sat in her beautiful home with rooms to spare. I know. I do do love her, though. Oh, I love her, too. She's great. All right. Should we move on to our beloved Southern Charm? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Can we start off with how the episode took off for us? And that was Whitney bringing out a charcuterie board to Patricia for lunch. Slabs of cheese without appropriate cutting knives and a baguette unspliced that he slapped on the table. And I was disappointed that Patricia seemed so excited by this because that was bullshit, and I would never stand for it. Here's what I have to say about this, and this is kind of like the theme of the episode and the theme of the show at large. We open with Whitney, in quotes, making lunch for his mother, and it's exactly how you just described it. We then later in the episode have Shep making the dessert for Friendsgiving, which, as you saw, he kind of just like, put cookies on top of some pudding. And also, his girlfriend helped a lot. Yes. And then you have Austin, who does essentially nothing mm-hmm. for his Friendsgiving. He didn't even zest his own orange. And then you have Craig, who actually prepared and made the turkey for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And what does everyone say the entire episode? Craig's insane. Craig like can't cook. Craig can't do anything. But then he does. And that's he like does. the whole thing about this show, is that's like always... When he was, like, trying to become a lawyer, Craig's not actually going to pass the bar. He did. (laughs) Craig's not going to have a pillow business. He does. True. Anyway, I thought it was just very telling. I'll defend him till the end of time. That is so true. This is the Craig show. Now, how are you liking Paige? Uh, She's psychotic. Yeah. (laughs) I, I think she's bad for Craig. 
but he's like he's too starry-eyed because someone's being nice to him she's great for naomi though because she's really making her look good yeah but i just think craig needs to find an in-between of the two yeah he needs to find someone unlike Paige, who's so blindly devoted to him it seems that will like is going to cause a lot of unnecessary drama in his life that we're seeing with Naomi right now. Yeah. She does not need to be going that hard about that at all. No. Um, and Naomi, I mean, her and Craig were awful to each other, so he just needs to not be in a relationship like that again. He just needs an in-between. Exactly. I was very disappointed, to be perfectly honest, to not have Whitney at Friendsgiving. Oh, because we got a taste of Whitney these last couple episodes, we just want more. Naomi wants more. I want more. By the way... I was so upset that last week was basically the Southern Charm podcast episode. The one that I'm not on. Anything you wanted to contribute towards the discussion of last week? Nothing beyond. I predicted this season would be the reckoning of Shep, and that episode was perfect for that. That was great. That's exactly what I wanted. And also that I just don't know what's happening with Austin and Olivia. I don't know what that is. They came together at Friendsgiving, said, so glad to see you. I've missed you. Did not speak for the rest of the time. I don't Mm -hmm. know why we're trying to force this. I don't know why they're forcing it. There is no chemistry between the two of them. Is it like Austin knows he should maybe course correct after the events of Summer House? So Olivia was his ticket to do that, but he's having a hard time even managing that. Because I think that Olivia might actually like him a lot. Because he has that weird appeal that is unexplained unless you are around him in person, apparently. I hope when I see him, he takes my breath away. I truly Mm -hmm, hope. Because I do not see it. Olivia might be too easy for him. He had Lindsay fighting for him and Sierra fighting for him. And it was delicious and dramatic. And Madison was nothing but a giant jar of drama. And Madison never fought for him. No. So maybe Olivia is just too easy. I think that's it. And ironically, Craig is getting the the drama. I will say my Bravo boy, Craig. Austin's also my Bravo boy. But my OG Bravo Boy Craig did disappoint me greatly with his misunderstanding, I guess, of what Thanksgiving is. <laughs> what happened on Thanksgiving with his cultural appropriation comments. <laughs> Naomi, how could you be so stupid? You even saw Shep, who's also so afraid of being canceled, be like, wait, what, what, what can someone please explain to me like why that's problematic? You see him like freak out. Hilarious. Oh, oh, big thing. Yes. We didn't actually get to see it, I think, in this episode, but were the grape jelly meatballs that Catherine said that she brought, are they the ones that like we were like, what is that that she was eating with Caleb when they broke up? <gasps> Remember? Oh, I hope so. Because she like had them over rice. I think that has to be it. Chili yeah. sauce, grape jelly, and ketchup. Grape jelly meatball. Because it was like a red sauce rice thing. And we were all like, what are they eating? And then Caleb like didn't eat it and then left. (laughs) Catherine would totally be the girl who knows one recipe. Mm Mm-hmm. This is Catherine's recipe. Sensing a pattern on this show. Yes. Except for my my Craig. I felt bad that Catherine was starry-eyed around Paige because Paige, she's got nothing on Catherine. And I feel like Catherine's pretty subdued, but in her testimonials with her red hair back, she is back, baby. 
We need the blonde gone. We need the red back. I agree. We need the blonde gone. We need her fire. Do you think that maybe she's starry at just because, like, she's one of the only people on the show that, like, genuinely is nice to Craig, that she is just happy that Craig's happy? That was my, like, nice reading of it. She might be. She also doesn't have really girlfriends. It's true. Or friends. And Paige, like, sought her out, pulled her aside. It was, like, a big deal. I feel really bad for Catherine. Um, Another amazing showcase of uh, Marcy and John this episode. Just oh my god! The most exciting new Bravo cast members. I stand by my stance. They signed her before she was pregnant, and there's laws against firing pregnant women. Yeah, I, it was just like they blew it. Yeah, like they didn't expect this. Well, he definitely blew it into her. Yes, so she's pregnant. Exactly. Yeah, um. he blew it, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> it's so funny every time they cut to him, and he looks just like, "Hey, I'm still." <laughs> I, don't know, I laugh every time they show him. I wonder how they think they're doing. They're showing up to all the meetings. Do you think they're doing great? Do you think they're like, we're going to be as successful as Shep because we finally made it on Southern Charm? My theory is she is like being very helpful and giving a lot of advice. We see little snippets of it in these episodes Uh where she's like kind of talking people down. But that's being completely edited out because it's frankly not interesting. Shep might be such a liability right now. Maybe they need her. Uh, They still need the Rose lineage in the show. They just need, they need her to be able to talk him down and to be like, he acts this way to his mom too. So we are like, oh, okay. So this is just Shep. It's all okay. I feel like after, I mean, Shep is such an image guy that this might be the season that causes him to quit. What's his income, Alex? He's fine. (laughs) Remember when he tried to be a realtor? Yes. (laughs) I also remember he like fake owned a restaurant and everyone would go to him and be like, this chicken sandwich is great. (laughs) That's all I remember, like a whole season of that. Did you notice Trap Hop didn't make an appearance at Friendsgiving? Well, because Austin's other signature drink, the Punch Bowl. Okay, Paige, her shade she was throwing Naomi though was insane. Amazing. so funny to have someone bring like a melon casserole and Paige just stand in the corner i don't like that it's so wild there's a lot of bourbon in this very bourbon forward i actually don't like bourbon (laughs) yeah she won me over in that scene (laughs) it's just such a weird like energy in this show i've never felt like that energy in this show before what the page energy the page energy I realize that we get Paige year-round now. We get her in the summer. We get her in the winter. We get her in the fall. A Paige for all seasons. She, maybe that's why we're sick of her. Because we have gone from winter house to summer house to this. Yes. It's too much for anyone on a Bravo series. Are you saying it's time to turn the page? And with that, our awards. <laughs> all right, awards. Alex, what's your award? All right, my The Newsroom Award, um, named after, I don't know if you remember the HBO series The Newsroom. Yes, I do. I loved season one. That, about a news program um, that took place like a couple years before the show came out. So they would do things like the BP oil spill or like whatever like election was happening around that time, but years after. And the show had the benefit of hindsight to have all of its characters have the perfect political stance on all these issues that have already happened. That award goes to, and we already mentioned it, the cast of Beverly Hills, 
when all of their talking heads have the benefit of hindsight to have the perfectly curated thing to say about an event that they may be, oh, on second thought, maybe that wasn't a great thing. (laughs) Um, So congrats to the woman of Beverly Hills. Last award you're getting from me. My award this week is the Child Star Award. And I'm giving this award to a man who has a special place in my heart, and that is Mr. Ace. And we watched a star be born this week. He has mm-hmm. peanut butter on the roof of, roof of... Oh, I made the same mistake he did. You did the same. <laughs> <laughs> he has peanut butter on the roof of his mouth, and it is delicious. And Ace... Ooh, we can lick you right up. You are so cute. Anyway, <laughs> congratulations, Ace. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining me. And I, we missed Elizabeth, of course, this episode, saying that because mm-hmm. she said she missed me at the end of last week's episode. Got to keep this going because I'll probably gotcha. be missing the next week's episode. And we got to keep saying we miss each other every week. So, <laughs> Miss you, Elizabeth and Julia. Great job hosting this podcast. Oh, thank you, Alex. Anytime. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at Like Uncool Podcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all.